Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Daily Objective. We're at the start of a new week, but of course, it's an American holiday, Labor Day, whatever that means to you people around the world. And I'm actually not even sure what exactly it means here in America, but that's not what we're here to discuss today. What we're here to discuss today is the manosphere and gender tribalism. Uh, there's a lot to get into there. Um, one thing I always like to ask people is, what, to what end is this? What are we moving toward, you know? It's like when a, a problem drinker, an alcoholic, puts down his drink and says, I'm quitting. He's taken now one small step away from the negative, but he's got a long road ahead of him towards the positive. So I like to say life is one continuous cycle, like, like a repetition of the book Animal Farm. You've got violent movements away from problems, but without clear principles of what we're moving towards, bad times are ahead. Trust me. Now, uh, as always, at the end of my heartfelt opening monologue, we have the introduction with which all other introductions must contend, a man straight from Athens, Greece, and he is not greasy at all. He is, in fact, rumored to be uh, somewhat of a manospheric pickup artist himself, but that's only a rumor, and he denies it every single day. Please welcome a man whose name is perfectly pronounced Nikos Sotirakapoulos. 92% correct. So hi Raga, hi everyone, have a good week. This is gonna be an exciting week for the show. Some big announcements and you're gonna see towards the end of the week what this is about. So we're gonna discuss today the manosphere. So in the UK, uh, uh, the woman who is behind the very influential project called Everyday Sexism, Laura Bates, so she did some research on the so-called manosphere and the outcome is the book that's called Men Who Hate Women From Insult to Pickup Artists, The Truth About Extreme Misogyny and How It Affects Us All. First of all, let me say I like books with huge subtitles. I thought it's an American thing, but turns out it's not. So we're going to see what the manosphere is. Is it men who hate women or is it a space for men where they can together self-develop and make sense of the world? So. I'm gonna start with a definition. And the way I understand Manosphere is the following one. So first, it's mostly an online space where men meet and try to make something better of their lives. That's one aspect. Up to this point, not bad. The second aspect is that mostly there is a common narrative that there's something wrong with the world out there and the world is basically treating men as victims or is not a ho is a hostile place for men or this is because of women and feminism so the element of misogyny is indeed present in parts of the manosphere so what we're going to do today me and raga we're going to check some of the sub tribes of the manosphere and try to see are they something useful for men or are they a a toxic environment because of its misogyny or b it might not be a toxic environment but might not be to the taste of people like us, who people who appreciate individualism and they don't like tribalism. So let's start with the, one of the most famous parts of the manosphere, the pickup artists. So this became big around 2005 with Neil Strauss' book, The Game. And if you read this book, it's uh, Neil Strauss who up to that, he was a ghostwriter, up to that point, he didn't have much success with women. He follows Mystery, who was a very famous pickup artist. For people who don't know, a pickup artist is someone who is, let's say, an expert in seduction. 
and he becomes himself an expert in seduction. And then he becomes disillusioned and say, that doesn't work. So the characteristic of the early pickup was this idea that there are some techniques. So even if inside you feel shy and a bit loser, you use these techniques and you can get, you can project that you're someone who, is no, who you are not and this can attract a woman. So let's stop it here. Pickup artists, uh, creepy losers. And now let's assume that they just do this and they don't do anything which is, you know, touching without permission or whatever. Let's say the ideal version of a pickup artist. What's our evaluation? I guess the, the idea, look, any technology can be used for good or evil. You know, any, every type of technology uh, has been used for self-defense or for war, for initiating war. You know, any technology can be used for good or evil. So the technology, so to speak, of approaching strangers and talking to them can be used for good. There's definitely um, a rational way to employ that type of skill, I suppose. Um, I remember the, the whole pickup artist thing happened uh, when I was in my late teens. I mean, you know, some, some guys are very confident throughout their teens, but you know, a lot of guys, those are like kind of the tough years, uh, early adulthood, when you have to like really kind of uh, figure out how to uh, play the game, as it's called. So it could, it, it could be very inspiring to just kind of watch people exercise, watch them practice uh, learning to speak to people. And, and the same skill uh, can be used and should be used to just kind of make friends, you know, uh, network for business purposes, like whatever it is, it can be used for a rational reason. If the stated, um, if the purpose it's being used is to manipulate, to, um, you know, to lie about who you are, to lie about your intentions, to uh, sleep with women that think you're committing to them, whatever it is, uh, if it's being used for dishonest purposes, then uh, obviously it's being, it's being used for evil. It's being used for dishonest motives. But in of itself, um, there is something very positive, I think, that can be sort of uh, extracted or abstracted from the whole thing. Yeah, so up to this point, uh, I agree. I have three objections, potential objections with pickup. The one is, A, that yes, you can become creepy, and B, it's, ba it's, it's based on the idea of you fake it till you make it. Now, this is a technique that I encourage, for example, my university students to use when they're very shy in terms of doing a presentation. And actually it's called in a way the, uh, you adopt, let's say an alter ego, you are suddenly, you're Batman and you're someone else. And this can boost your confidence. But there's a very thin line between, I fake it till I make it and I'm, I'm evading and I'm not dealing with the actual problems of what makes me a shy person. That's the one problem. The other problem is to what end are you doing this? So are you doing this because, as you said, you need to become more outward, more social? Or is it because you want to get a, quote, high notes count, which means you sleep with as many women as possible? And the point is, you do this what for? So that's something that needs to be figured out. But it's very interesting to see that compared to what the manosphere is today and what dark stuff you can find today, the early period of pickup around 2005 is, almost looks like an innocent period. So what happened is that many of the prominent players like David D'Angelo or the Real Social Dynamic crew then shifted to self-development. So they, they said this, this area is the future is self-development. And that's when they got 
the, they got the blame and the same from the most hardcore people in the manosphere. And now we enter the so-called the red pill. So the red pill community is started from people related to pickup and it's mostly what gave rise to, to the red pill or also to MGTOW. So red pill goes a step further. Red pill says, you know what? Even if you manage to get with a woman, A, you're probably, it's like you play with dynamite, as they say, because the world out there is a very scary place for men because that woman is gonna break your heart if you haven't got, quote, inner game, or you're gonna find yourself with a Me Too harassment uh, thing, probably, and see, is it even worth it going after women? So this is, this is the, the red pill. And there is an interesting intersection between parts of the red pill and white nationalism and traditionalism. And this is where I want your commentary. So if there were three big figures in the red pill, the, the so-called three R's, Rollo Tomasi, Roycey, and Roos V. Roycey went to a weird identitarian, quasi-racist, I don't know 100% because it's very difficult to find anything on the internet, it's almost always been deleted. And Roos has become a traditional Christian, he deleted all of his pickup stuff, and he says, all this is uh, of the devil, and you have to become a good Christian and ideally, you know, found someone with zero sexual experience. So why do we see this intersection between the red pill, so this form of male tribalism, and these other forms of tribalism, including racial and ethnic tribalism? That's a fascinating question. I mean, why do we see libertarians turn into uh, alt-right white nationalists within a few short years? I mean, when people are, don't have their fundamentals grounded, when they don't have their philosophical fundamentals grounded, they can end up anywhere. Or like when they have just a little bit of irrationality in their system. So let's say a pickup artist, he goes into it uh, want, just wanting to learn how to find a nice partner. You know, he's young. He's not even thinking necessarily about marriage, but he just wants to... Um, get a girlfriend and, you know, and develop himself as a person. But over time, uh, the more crazy the world gets, the more feminism gets louder and sort of kind of crazy. And, um, and the war and uh, court cases where men are, you know, ruled against are sort of amplified in the media, whatever it is, all these things are coming to the forefront. The more, like I said, feminists are getting louder and they're acting like we are at war, men versus women kind of the more these things are emerging in the culture and the more the uh, unsuspecting uh, aspiring uh, student of the pickup is sort of hearing various uh, kind of people he looks up to saying that, well, you know, maybe uh, modern, the modern world as we find it was kind of a mistake anyway. And it's the product of too much individualism and too much hedonism and, and all this pickup stuff was kind of a, you know, a turn away from religion that has done us no good. And these girls are all, they're all going to sue us. They're going to meet to us. They're going to take our money. I mean, even the ones that aren't going to, uh, I mean, all that, that we're all materialistic basically. So you got materialism versus religion ultimately in the mainstream outside of objectivism, that does seem to be the two, the dichotomy you have. So um, if your two choices are materialism, so play the pickup game and, and get um, screwed in a world that is run by, you know, women in the way they see it versus, turn back to religion, traditionalism, 
you know, a guy like Roosh V, who I basically know what you've just said about him. I'm not all that familiar. I know he was a pickup artist, and now he's a Christian with some v opinions about the Jews. And um, you can't lit like you need like you need philosophy. You know, <laughs> the, uh, the being being a materialist and uh, like a sort of a um, concrete bounded uh, type of person, like it only can last you for so long. Ultimately, you need to kind of you need to integrate, you need more, you need meaning, you need values. So there you go. There's some, there's my answer for now. What do you say? So yes, I, I, I agree. And the problem starts with epistemology. When you see the world as groups with almost sp specific immutable characteristics and people as avatars of this identity, it's a matter of time till you fall to the trap of tribalism. But let's also check the part of the quote red pill which doesn't fall to this category. Let's take the, let's take, for example, the Rollo Tomasi part. And the way I have it in my mind, it has a lot of things in common with feminism. And the main thing which has in its essence, which is I'm going to create a science, a social science of gender relations. And of course, feminism has better PR and it's taught at the universities, but the principles are the same because they both say I'm just saying what the science says. So Tomasi is going to say, to say is saying things like, uh, like the, the, the main rules of the manosphere. For example, we quote, women will make rules for betas and break rules for alphas, or genuine desire cannot be negotiated. So basically, I'm paraphrasing here, all this that you hear, oh, make your romantic dinner, do the dishes. No, no, it's either she likes you or not. Or they say things like, the two genders have different sexual strategies. For men, it's unlimited access to unlimited sexuality. For women, it's hypergamy. So what they're saying is, look, this is praxeology. And actually, they use the term, which is the same with the Austrian economy. We're not telling you that women are good or bad. All we're telling you is what is happening out there. So before I take your comment, my verdict here is that I see the determinism, which is so influential in so many aspects of life, being also the case here. And there's not coincidence that evolutionary psychology is so embedded on the red pill. But oh, yeah. What's your I mean, yeah, I mean, when we talk about all these nut jobs in the culture today, it, it's important we continuously remind ourselves and the audience that all of these ideas come straight from the classroom and from popular books by popular intellectuals, both famous intellectuals and the sort of bad boy infamous ones like the intellectual dark web or whoever it is like all of these ideas are like not originating with these movements that we find on Twitter and in the culture. Um, so yeah, this materialism that says, you know, women are attracted to a man that can provide for her and this is embedded in her soul or I mean in her, uh, in her genes from evolution. Yeah, I mean, there's usually a kernel of truth in there, but the one piece of the puzzle that everyone is always leaving out is volition, free will, the choice to choose values, the fact that we are born without any content. We are not born with any innate ideas. We learn, we observe, and then inter you know, conceptualize, integrate. We are educated. We, um, uh, in, in some very impressive cases, make decisions philosophically away from the life we were handed. So. Um, that's kind of the piece of the puzzle everyone leaves out. So it, it, if, if, if we're only, if all we have to uh, choose from it are the popular ideas, then yeah, it turns into this materialistic um, thing where like, yeah, women, they're, they're ju they just want security 
and therefore they'll use you for your money. And men, they just want sex. So men, you know, they cannot, they cannot really commit to a woman. And the only way to kind of reconcile all of this is religion. So men need, they need to believe that there's a God there requiring them to settle down and commit. Women need to believe that there's a God who's, you know, going to punish them for stealing or for taking advantage or for being, um, you know, uh, for, for being adulterous. And then if, if ever, you know, and, and then what are we supposed to tell, tell all these people? Oh, no, wait, there's another philosopher who wrote, you know, some popular novels in the mid 20th century. They don't want to hear about it. We need our, we need the, this philosophy to be taught in the classroom. Ultimately, we need to infiltrate and get into the culture via the universities or any way that ideas are being consumed. There is, uh, there's simply no way to, um, to change people when every intellectual that, that's ever been imp uh, imp that's ever impressed them with ideas has been saying, yeah, we're evolutionarily ingrained or else we're socially conditioned by the patriarchy or whatever miscellaneous form of determinism they're being fed. And the, the, the problem with the lack of a deeper understanding in the, so in the red pill is that if you see when they move to the sphere of political analysis, all hell breaks loose. So for example, you hear discussions such as, should we take away rights from women? Or should we take away voting rights for women? Or since the 60s, we gave reproductive rights of women. Which shows such a misunderstanding about what rights is and what they come from that we can't even start discussing if that's gonna take. So yes, there are some points in the so-called red pill that empirically they make sense, for example. So yeah, when they say, don't be a pathetic person who, you know, uh, writes here one million text messages and you don't get a reply, then you're pathetic. Yeah, okay, that's, that, that's the case. So there is potentially good information there. But if you go with the wrong context and you follow the epistemology of the red pill, I think the epistemology of the red pill is wrong and this shows. And now let's go in the, last, in the remaining two minutes in the darkest, let's say, corner of the manosphere, which up to a big point is why the manosphere has this bad name. And this is so-called incels, the involuntary celibate group. And the reason why it gives such a bad name to the manosphere, of course, also the other parts of the manosphere have their own bad apples, but particularly with incels, the argument is that there's a lot of hate there for women. And there have also been terrorist attacks by people who identify as incels. And, uh, and the author of the book I mentioned earlier, has done some statistics and has found out that there are actually way more people who have died from incels. So there are two questions. The one is typology question. Should incels be part of the quote manosphere? Because what they're lacking is this idea that at least in the manosphere you try to become a better person. Incels look like they've given up. That's why they're the so-called black pill. Nothing works. And second, they find themselves in this conundrum. If they try to improve themselves, they get this disapproval that, ooh, that's ridiculous. You read The Gabe or you read Rollo Tomasi, like, ooh, a guy just gets it. Well, you know. And at the same time, if they don't do anything and they stay in the basement playing video games, then they're incels. So we find, they find ourselves in this conundrum. And the question is, what's the way out of this tunnel? It, it looks like the one way is the manosphere, the other way is stay an incel, or what's, is there a third way? 
can you, uh, what are you asking it? Sorry. I'm, yeah, obviously there is a third, but what I'm saying no, no, is- No, 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 I, I know, but I know what you're fishing for, but what are those two options you just, you just so named? The one option seems to be that whenever a man is trying to improve himself, either through reading Peter, Jordan Peterson or watching Joe Rogan, or mm-hmm. reading pickup uh, manuals, or joining the Manosphere forums, he's being shamed either as incel, or if he's already an incel, as a creep or as a quasi-altright fascist. And again, quite often, there is an argument, there is a case for that. If they don't do anything, they stay, they become, they're still in that dark place. And when you're in that dark place, of course, that's not an excuse. I'm just saying what happens. It's very easy to be in your own world and say, oh, women are the enemy. And then you're in an even more, you're in an even darker place, right? And there's darkness and that doesn't lead to good things. So it looks like whatever they are doing, they find themselves at the center of shaming. That you're an incel, but if you try to get out of the incel category, you're a creep and a loser. So what's happening here? Um, I mean, you know, I don't often like to throw red meat to the uh, manosphere because, you know, they, they, need, if they need to kind of be toning it down and kind of looking more to an individualistic solution. But, I mean, it is the case that the culture we live in uh, for the last, you know, several decades has definitely been training a generation of, of just insecure, creepy dudes who just everywhere they look, they hear men are, men are evil, men are sexist, men are this. There's uh, the, the left, which is to say the mainstream, they get a, a, a pass. They get a hall pass to just bash on men all day. You can say whatever you want about men, white men, whatever it is. Like certain uh, demographics, you can just bash relentlessly, let out your inner racist, your inner miso- sexist, and just beat them up all day. But, you know, most other groups, you got to be very careful what you say. Um, so, like, as much as I hate to throw this red meat and say, yeah, men are the victim, I mean, culturally, men are the um, sort of uh, persecuted minority or persecuted majority, whatever it is. Like, you can culturally say whatever you want about men, especially white men. Now, someone could answer, well, that's because they have such privilege that, like, that they can't really uh, complain about it. You know, they can't say, hey, I'm a white man and that offends me. You're our, you're, it's already a white man's world or it's a man's world. So what do you like? Don't worry about it. It's not you don't need to worry about all this. I get it. But here's what we actually see. We see endless oceans of creepy dudes who are insecure, who are alone in the basement and afraid to leave the house. And you got to look at that and see that, yes, ideas have consequences. Philosophy does shape a culture. It does ultimately influence the psychology of people. Um, All I can really say to um, people that want a better life is, you know, look at the world firsthanded and be open to a new philosophy, be open to the vision of man as a heroic being, and have the courage to just question a lot of the mainstream ideas out there where one side is telling you that you're sort of the, the devil, and the other side is telling you, no, you are destined to oppress and to rule over the others. Like you, you gotta reject both of those and just really ask, what kind of life do I want? And then you, you might get something positive from the pickup artist. You might learn a thing or two from the feminists about how to be less intimidating towards women. I mean, there's, you can look everywhere for clues. But ultimately, individualism, which is to say first-handedly pursuing values, now that is uh, where the answer lies.
Yeah, I couldn't be able to top that. So I'll try to mm. paraphrase something equivalent, which is, I understand that when you hear a voice opposed to the establishment, it's very tempting. But the question is, what is wrong with the establishment or with the, however you want to call it? And it is indeed that it views yourself not as an individual and it encourages you, A, not to view yourself and the world from the prism of an individual. And also it tells you, you can't do that. Stay in your place. Now, this could be your place as a victim, either as a man or a woman or, or as a member of any group. So the first thing to do is say, no, I can. I can't take life in my own hands, but there's a method. And the method is I use this. And I use this as an individual. And as you said, yes, you can learn things for, for, for oppression and about creepy stuff from some good feminists. And you can, read, you can learn things about, for example, how to become more self-confident from, I don't know, Jordan Peterson or even from some of the not-so-dark corners of the manosphere. But at the end of the day, it's your life and you have to make, it, to make sense of it from yourself. And don't leave one tribalism to join another tribalism. Because at the end of the day, you're still going to be, I don't want to say victim, but you will be, your hands, your epistemological hands, so to speak, will be tied. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Can I give a, a closing thought to kind of what started all of this is young men wanting to get advice on how to pick up women or how to meet women. And remember everyone, because we got some younger, the younger generation watching this show, they kind of look up to you and me and think, Man, if I can have that kind of <laughs> swagger. Um, remember that it be inductive, inductive. There's no substitute for experience. There's no book that can teach you anything, something that you better than you can just learn from actually getting out there and living it. So you need to actually go out there, be face to face with people, introduce yourself to people, get your heart stepped on a few times, probably break a few hearts along the way. And just one day you'll just kind of look at yourself and be like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm much more confident today than I was before. It comes from getting out there and actually exercising and practicing rather than reading books and looking online and uh, thinking about it, introspecting it to the point where it's just navel gazing and replacing reality with, with rationalistic deductions. Get out there and be inductive. And at the risk of sounding cheesy, confidence comes from within. Because let's go to the objectivist uh, virtues or the value of self-esteem that you consider yourself worthy of living. And I will end with... Yes, yes, but also <laughs> it comes from within, but you got to actually get that out there and live, get the experience is my point. That's, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. It has yeah. to be a rational choice, sorry, a rational evaluation of who you are. Not just like, oh, it's, I'm better. Sure. Anyway, yeah. okay. finishing right. with a statement. What you just heard is not the objectivist quote line on the manosphere or the objectivist line on pickup or whatever, because there is no such thing, or if there is such a thing, it's not gonna come from me or from Raga. And both of us have some, you know, we are members of the objectivist movement. We, some of us have some institutional roles in the movement. Whenever we talk in this show, it's our personal view. We try to make sense of the world, okay? I might be saying this in every show, but this has to be made clear. Don't take this and it's like, this is the objectivist line on X topic. No, it's not. It's myself as Nikos and Raka, Qua Raka, trying to make sense of these topics.
Anyway, whenever we talk about anything related to sexual dynamics, romance, we go, we go over time. So isn't it time we call it a day? I think so. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.